Footsteps behind you as you enter the woods. Night draws back its cape. Light illumines your path. Open your eyes. Listen. Welcome to Dark Softly Tales. Dark stories for dark hearts. I'm Mav Sky. Good evening, and welcome to your nightmares. Where we like to keep it dark and dreamy here at Dark Softly Tales, this is your host, Mav. In the year 1284, 130 children went missing from a small German town. This has been historically documented event that actually happened. Tonight, we will be straying from our regular structure. I'm going to narrate the Grimm Brothers version of the Pied Piper, and then we will lightly discuss the story. And I say lightly because there is so much information and theories we could literally discuss this for hours. A quick word about the Grimm Brothers, and I think I've mentioned this on the podcast, they didn't actually create the stories that they wrote. They collected and recorded them by traveling from town to town. Some of my longtime listeners may recall the episodes I've done on The Lore of Mermaids and Hans Christian Andersen's The Little Mermaid. Hans Christian Andersen actually created and wrote the stories around the time the Grimm brothers were making their rounds collecting stories. And there's this hilarious moment when they finally meet. I just wanted to point out the difference that they were collecting and recording versus creating the stories. They would, you know, take liberty dramatizing, but it's still different. Anyway, I'm getting off track here. First, we got a little story for you. Written a few years after the event, in 1813 to be exact, we have the Grimm Brothers version of the tale called The Children of Hamlin. Take my hand and hang on tight as we journey into the dark, softly. The Children of Hamlin by the Brothers Grimm Narrated by Mavsky In the year 1284, a mysterious man appeared in Hamlin. He was wearing a coat of many-colored bright cloth, for which reason he was called the Pied Piper. He claimed to be a rat catcher, and he promised that for a certain sum, he would rid the city of all mice and rats. The citizens struck a deal, promising him a certain price. The rat catcher then took a small fife from his pocket and began to blow on it. Rats and mice immediately came from every house and gathered around him. When he thought he had them all, he led them to the river Weezer, where he pulled up his clothes and walked into the water. The animals all followed him, fell in, and drowned. Now the citizens had been freed of their plague. They regretted having promised so much money and, using all kinds of excuses, they refused to pay him. 
Finally, he went away bitter and angry. He returned on June 26th, St. John's and St. Paul's Day, early in the morning at 7 o'clock. Others say it was noon. Now dressed in a hunter's costume, with a dreadful look on his face, and wearing a strange red hat. He sounded his fife in the streets, but this time it wasn't rats and mice that came to him, but rather children. A great number of boys and girls from their fourth year on. Among them was the mayor's grown daughter. The swarm followed him and he led them into a mountain, where he disappeared with them. All this was seen by a babysitter who, carrying a child in her arms, had followed them from a distance, but had then turned around and carried the news back to the town. The anxious parents ran in droves to the town gates seeking their children. The mothers cried out and sobbed pitifully. Within the hours, messengers were sent everywhere by water and by land, inquiring if the children, or any of them, had been seen. But it was all for naught. In total, 130 were lost. Two, as some say, had lagged behind and come back. One of them was blind, and the other mute. The blind one was not able to point out the place, but was able to tell how they had followed the piper. The mute one was able to point out the place, although he or she had heard nothing. One little boy in shirt sleeves had gone along with the others, but had turned back to fetch his jacket and thus escaped the tragedy. For when he returned, the others had already disappeared into a cave within a hill. This cave is still shown. Until the middle of the 18th century, and probably still today, the street through which the children were led out to the town gate was called the Bungaloose. Drumless, soundless, and quiet street, because no dancing or music was allowed there. Indeed, when a bridal procession on its way to church crossed the street, the musicians would have to stop playing. The mountain near Hamlin, where the children disappeared, is called Poppenburg. Two stone monuments in the form of crosses have been erected there, one on the left side and one on the right. Some say that the children were led into a cave and that they came out again in Transylvania. The citizens of Hamlin recorded this event in their town register, and they came to date all their proclamations according to the years and days since the loss of their children. According to Seyfried, the 22nd rather than the 26th of June was entered into the town register. The following lines were inscribed on the town hall. In the year 2084, after the birth of Christ, from Hamlin were led away 130 children, born at this place, led away by a piper into a mountain. And on the new gate was inscribed, This gate was built 272 years after the magician led the 130 children from the city. In the year 1572, the mayor had the story portrayed in the church windows. The accompanying inscription had become largely illegible. In addition, 
a coin was minted in memory of the event. Does that give you chills? It certainly does me. Um, as I mentioned in the intro of this program, I wanted to take just a couple minutes and share with you a few quotes from an article called The Legend of the Pied Piper in the 19th and 20th Centuries, Grimm, Browning, and Skrzynski by Mary Troxclair Adamson. Adamson writes, The earliest surviving record according to Bernard Keenan in Evolution of the Pied Piper, is estimated to have originated around 1370 as a Latin endnote in a copy of the Catina Araia. And here is the endnote translated into English. To be noted is a marvelous and truly extraordinary event that occurred in the town of Hamelin in the Diocese of Minden in the year of the Lord, 1284, on the very feast day of St. John and Paul. A young man of 30 years, handsome, and in all respects so finely dressed that all who saw him were awestruck by his person and clothing, came in by the way of the bridge and the Weezer Gate. On a silver pipe which he had, of wonderful form, he began to play through the whole town, and all the children hearing him, to the number of a hundred and thirty, followed him beyond the eastern wall to the place of the Calvary, or Gallows Field, and vanished and disappeared so that nobody could find out where any one of them had gone. Indeed, the mothers of the children wandered from city to city and discovered nothing. A voice was heard in Rama, and every mother bewailed her son. And as people count by the years of the Lord, or by the first, second, and third after a jubilee, so they have counted in Hamelin by the first, second, and third year after the exodus and departure of the children. This I have found in an old book. And the mother of Herr Johann de Lude, the deacon, saw the children going out. Queenan notes that the mother referred to was the mother of Deacon. Delude, who died in 1378, making it conceivable that she had been an eyewitness to a real event. So the end note to the quote ends there. Interesting stuff, huh? If you want to thoroughly fall down the rabbit hole and research many theories historians have come up with, I highly suggest to visit Astonishing Legends podcast um, called... The Pied Piper of Hamelin, Part 1 and Part 2. I don't remember exactly what episodes those are, but I will be putting those in the show links. Um, show notes, <laughs> not show links. Anyway, and to be honest, I highly suggest Astonishing Legends podcast in general. I've been listening to them for years and years now, and they do a terrific job, pick fun subjects, and I just love them. 
So, there's the nuts and bolts of the Pied Piper of Hamlin. And next week, I will be narrating for you Robert Browning's The Pied Piper of Hamlin. And the week after that, I'll be narrating um, a rather disturbing but intriguing tale of the Pied Piper that I actually dreamed and then wrote into a story. So I'm looking forward to sharing those with you. I hope everyone is doing well. And until next week, shine bright, dark hearts.